0: So uh, that being said, uh, I want to welcome you to the the podcast. Thank you for uh, for being here.
1: Thank
0: um, you. One thing that would be really nice is uh, you telling us a bit about your background and how you ended up as a procurement uh, professional. For
1: I've sure. I looked a bit
0: uh, at your education; it's a bit uh, atypical. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us more about uh, yourself.
1: I'm definitely a little bit of a odd journey. Um, I have a Bachelor's of Music Performance from Western, uh, okay, wow. a classically trained vocalist. I, I worked for a number of years as a, a singer and an actress, uh, and it was super fun, but as a career, just not in alignment with what I wanted out of life. Uh, so I came fresh grad and realizing, okay, I know I, what I don't want to do, but what do I want to do? Um, and I first started out in, it, like a lot of people, retail, uh, found a lot of success there, had a lot of fun. Uh, And that kind of opened the door to more business pursuits. And then for a little while, I worked in the banking sector and I thought I'd go the finance route. But my mom is actually, uh, well, she's worn a lot of hats, but at that time, she was working uh, in a supply chain team. And she said to me, "Uh, have you thought about this? I think your personality is a really great fit. A lot of the things you've liked in your other roles, it makes sense. So I said, sure. Um, At that point, too, when I, I was still living in Ontario... Um, And there was an incentive for mature students like myself uh, so I could go back to school for very, very minimal uh, funding. Um, And I got to go to Fanshawe College, which was local to me as well. Uh, They have a really great supply chain program. uh, And I was lucky enough to be part of it and really threw myself at it. Uh, Yeah, I I see.
0: I see your GPA and you absolutely crushed that program. This is uh, awesome.
1: Thank you. Uh, maybe a little too hard on the books for a while. We had to find a balance of maybe I yeah, don't yeah. get perfect on everything. Um, but that was kind of the thought, you know, it's, it's not a super long program. Uh, it's two years of class and then a co-op portion as well, which was part of why I wanted to go through. Um, so I, I had a lot of fun learning, but I really wanted to take advantage of that time and, The course content's excellent, but honestly, I I would say more than anything, the networking opportunities I got, I was the president of our APICS chapter, Um, and through that, I met so many amazing professionals, I learned so much, and it actually led to my placement directly with uh, my co-op, and so at that point, I I started working for uh, a ball bearings company based out of Germany originally, but they had a location uh, in Ontario as well. And um, when I was working for that company uh, in my internship, like I think a lot of people, I was also kind of birthed into the fire. We'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, that my <laughs> career started as COVID started. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> and uh, a large chunk of who we were servicing was automotive and aerospace. And oh, at boy. that point, there was also the chip shortages. So everything was crazy. Um, and I came in. I was there for a couple of And you were
0: in logistic?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the person who I trained under moved into a different role and the person who was going to replace her left the company. So all of a sudden it was Brittany all by herself. Uh, (laughs) But it was great. You got to learn, um, you know, getting a chance to rise to the challenge. And I had a a really amazing team there. Uh, I'm still good friends with lots of uh, the the people I'd met through that team Uh, and a really great experience. Um, But because of how circumstances turned out, Uh, They'd asked if I'd like to stay on. And typically with my program, how it would work, you'd do a placement and then come back for your final level of study. Great. Uh, I had to get kind of creative to find a fix. Uh, And I took some courses with the graduate program and some courses with my program to make it work. I got special permission to finish up part-time online while continuing on with the company. Uh, And super busy. I was super tired. (laughs) There was definitely days where I was doing an expedite on one computer and trying to study for an exam on the other computer. Uh, But you learn a lot and it was great to have the actual lived experience that I could reference while I was studying too. Very cool. And then from there we were talking about it a little before. Um, My program was more heavily, it was logistics and supply chain management, but the program really focused uh, heavily on the the procurement side. And that had always been where I saw myself going long-term. Um, I'd seen a few opportunities. I was looking for a place and unfortunately with the team I was, uh, doing my, my internship with most of their operations for procurement just weren't located in Canada. So I I wouldn't have had the opportunity to work with them. Um, I stumbled across the opportunity I had most recently before my current role, uh, didn't see that it was Montreal. (laughs) (laughs) Found out uh, after applying. Originally, I thought, "Oh well, I-, I don't have the other language; it's not going to work out." And it did. Uh, <laughs> so again, you're, pro- you're, continuing the theme,
0: <laughs> learn running, as we you, go. You ran okay. the whole thing in the hard mode, like uh, directly yeah. into COVID <laughs> logistics. Uh, you go into a company in Parliament with the half of the language <laughs> in your on your, your belt. This is awesome! Wow,
1: it's it's been a journey. Um, but again, you know, you get to learn so much. You meet amazing people from all over. Um, and I really enjoyed that role. Uh that team was fantastic. And it was a really tight team of buyers, uh, very small. Uh so you got to wear a lot of hats. You got to be exposed to a lot of sides of the business. And because it was a smaller operation, I got to really know my accounting team and lots of different uh spheres within the business too, just by the nature of it. If somebody needed something, they were gonna come find you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of understanding really translated well into my current role. Uh, so now I'm a participant analyst. So really, anything that falls in that stream, uh, I help be a part of, and then a little bit troubleshooting within SAP as well. Uh, so it's been really cool to learn. Definitely an interesting journey so far, and I'm excited to see where things keep going.
0: Well, this is this is absolutely amazing. And yes, the the team at Wayback are. Uh, are super great. We mm-hmm. we know them very well. Um, one thing I, I want to 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 dig a bit more into is uh, what initially was the driver for uh, uh, for procurement? Because that's kind of what was your goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what exactly was the the thing that uh, made you said yes? I'm gonna go and, uh, sure. and uh, do all of these stuff
1: for myself. To a certain extent, I'm a little bit of a bleeding heart. So I've always loved. The ethical side of procurement, um, and you know the ways in which money is power, uh, and different initiatives can support different communities, and the impact that, that those kind of decisions and looking at things from that bigger picture perspective can have. Um, that always really appealed to me, and was something I was super interested in pursuing. And in addition to some of the more analytical spheres that it could move into, um, especially in my current role that that's really what I've enjoyed, uh, looking at different options, weighing out different potentials. And I love the multidisciplinary nature of it uh, and getting to work with people all over the company, all, all kinds of different interests, and you learn constantly. If you're somebody who likes to learn, it, it's a really great area to be in.
0: Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, honestly, this is kind of the same um um uh, the same thing that initially uh drove me i also have like a pretty atypical uh background I'm creeped your
1: LinkedIn too. I saw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you saw the consciousness uh-huh. stuff <laughs> but, no, like, but it uh, makes
1: it makes sense and it's it's it funny does. way <laughs> it's the same honestly i would say the same yeah. thing with music you know it's yeah. it's all a language it's all a means of thinking it's all being able to adapt and pick up things quickly and Uh, presentation and working with different people and
0: that's it yeah yeah exactly and like the Mm -hmm. the empathy that you need also to to have when you're you're in this kind of situation in my side like one thing that really drove me uh uh, to continue the project Mm -hmm. that I've been doing in, in procurement is really like the it's both the um uh the impact that you mm-hmm. can have on multiple people because procurement really sits in between like everything like you have the finance folks you have the production you have the supply like you you have sales people you have everybody kind of like uh, interacting with it totally. which is also what it make it uh, very difficult but the second thing that really drove me is that data um yeah. and the amount of insight that you can gain from it and the lack i would say of uh, of a uh, uh, leverage usually mm-hmm. in companies to to really do the work and um, understanding what the what this data means and and how can be uh, it be used. Um, so I I think we uh, we see uh, some similarity here. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is uh, right now in your job and the previous mm-hmm. one, procurement. What do you enjoy uh, the most of uh, of all of this stuff?
1: We've really got a theme going. This works well. That, very much the same kind of thing. I, I like getting to get a little glimpse into all kinds of different people's worlds and learning a little bit for good or for bad. You know, there's certainly days where I'm not everybody's favorite person, but there's certainly days where not everybody's my favorite either. Um, Getting to see, learning, hearing about how things impact. There's stuff I never would have known about uh, Mm -hmm. that, you know, one time someone needed something very specific that seemed, uh inconsequential at the time but you get to learn so much and you never know when it comes up again um, exactly. and now a little bit dipping my feet into the data sphere i think it's really interesting how much you can learn from this end of the business and how much it can be such a driver for all kinds of different things like that big ripple out effect you can see from decisions at our end it, it's yeah. really fascinating
0: that's where the good stuff is like it's uh <laughs> The data that has been sitting there and then no one really looked at it. Yeah. Um, th- this is where like, when you, you mine it properly and then you, you get the stuff going, you, you really see stuff that you're like, okay, wow. So if I can just visualize this and show it to people, we're going to be able to do X and Y, um, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's one of the the best, uh, that, uh, that, uh, is driving me in uh, in my job and I see that it's the same, um, from your point of view Mm -hmm. um what does it take to be like a a a good procurement uh, professional especially like post-covid after all of the changes Mm -hmm. that happened
1: say like three real key traits and then everything else you can learn um You've got to be someone who is an effective communicator. The reality is, you know, we're working with a lot of different teams, a lot of different people, and specificity is your friend uh, and the patience to do that. Uh, within that kind of direction, being an effective collaborator, too, it's, it's a branch of being a strong communicator, but you may be effective at articulating what you want. Not always translates into uh, being able to flush out exactly what your colleagues are looking for. And then. The most important above everything else is being willing to learn. It's not even that you have to be, you know, the smartest, most academic person in the world. I really think it's something if you're someone who's willing to continuously learn, especially you'll do excellent. Inflexibility is not your friend and the modern landscape, especially it's, it's changing constantly. I haven't been in, I haven't been in industry that long and I've seen it change a ton just since I've started. Let yeah. alone, you know, five, 10 years from now.
0: Yeah, but definitely like the, um, um, for the procurement professional that I know that are, uh, that are top notch and they're able to drive a uh, good change in their business. Like usually they have what, well, when they have some atypical background
1: mm-hmm. and
0: by default, because they have an atypical background and they had to learn by themselves, most of the stuff, uh, they have this innate ability to actually want to learn. Absolutely. And if there's a new stuff coming up, let's say uh, some engineer says something about the thing that you're buying and you don't know about it and you actually dig a bit more into it. You learn something that is useful after that for mm-hmm. your negotiation, for understanding the data and how you should source your stuff. Um, but that is definitely one of the core driver. The the one that I see that have a bit of a harder time, mm-hmm. uh, especially post-COVID, because like there's way more fluctuation in the supply, mm-hmm. supply chain there throughout all sector is the people that are a bit more rigid Absolutely. Um, and that didn't really adapt, that's a bit more rough because, um, you have to be flexible. You have to understand also the, like you said, uh, be able to kind of, uh, uh, collaborate and understand the other people point of view, let's say the suppliers, if they say to you like, Hey, sorry, raw material, they, it's all crazy. I can't do this and that, um, if you're too rigid you're you're not gonna it's get gonna be project. hard.
1: It's not gonna be a whole lot of fun. Yeah.
0: Um, one thing that I've seen you doing, and I think uh, honestly, I think that that's the future. Um, I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna uh, uh, go on the rant about it, but um, I see that you you you're training yourself um, in data science. Um, but for me, that's that's definitely the future of the profession. But uh, can you tell me a bit more about like? What motivated you to uh, learn data science and apply it to your procurement professional uh, career?
1: Definitely. Uh, I'd echo a a lot of similar sentiment. Uh, I see that is the way things are going. And I think like a lot of people, uh, it's driven by a couple of different things. Uh, The program I've been uh, pursuing is is Google's data analytics certificate. Uh, And it's something I'd heard about from some colleagues and some friends and had been curious about on my own before. And it was a little bit of a mixture of curiosity and intrigue and liking that data area and looking for those opportunities, but also recognizing the changing landscape we're working in uh I think it was it might have been Google's a i that I watched the video of negotiating uh a refund on an airline ticket and went, "Oh, oh, oh yeah.
0: <laughs> everything's different Sorry.
1: everything's different, everything's changed, oh." And that's the reality. And it's not so much, ooh, be scared. It's more recognizing we have to be equipped to work with the tools that are going to be a part of our everyday. Uh, And preparing and learning and being someone who can adapt to that's great. Uh, I've always liked systems. It's always been an area of what I've done. I've really enjoyed. Um, I was lucky enough with my program to get to take some SAP courses and Excel and, and more of those like. Base level things. Uh, but I really enjoyed those courses. So it was something I was interested in already. Um, my partner actually, he's, he kind of went the opposite way of me. Um, and he has a computer science degree and then went and oh. did his doctorate <laughs> in music.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. At some point in time, you're going to converge. <laughs> We're right? going to
1: switch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a little bit that, that knowledge and watching how yeah. that helped him in his career as well. I think there's nobody who doesn't benefit from it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that program's it's pretty introductory. But from it, I'd say really any sphere, I don't see someone who wouldn't benefit from learning. Yeah. Um, you know, the programming languages are good to have some base level knowledge of. But even things like, honestly, the most valuable for day-to-day, I think, was the data visualization unit. Everybody, yeah. everybody could benefit from that. I don't think there's a single person who can't.
0: I, I, recently, um, it was, um, I was doing a, uh, a, a, a customer visit and then, um, one of the person told me like, okay, but what about the AI, right? What's, uh, mm-hmm. what can you tell, me, tell us about the AI for your stuff? And I was like, okay, guys, first stop. The first thing you need to get together is uh, collect the data and visualize it. If you can do that, right you are almost the ai you're able mm-hmm. to look at the stuff notice pattern right and then be able to take decision just this is like more than what 95% of the of the companies out there can do like just being able to visualize your 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 data and knowing that you can visualize the data is something powerful and that you can kind of finesse your way toward doing that um and I think that's, that's the, that's uh, one of the core, um, uh, the core skill is not to be like a full blown data mm-hmm. scientist and then do all the stuff, but it's knowing that you can do the movement to get something together if you need to. And this uh, knowledge and this kind of a uh, mindset that you can apply, um, it changes a lot of the stuff because then mm-hmm. you don't have to ask IT to do this and then you don't <laughs> really know. But Absolutely. if you know. If you know that you have the data, right? And you know roughly how you want to visualize it, like the in-between, yes, like it's 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 not that complicated to get together, but you have to know that there's a there's a path. And mm-hmm. once you have the visualization, um, it's crazy the 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 benefit just of a good visualization. Like just a choosing the right visualization for the right information and for the right kind of analysis you want to do. You do that, slap this together on a PowerPoint, are like Here's the information, and people start talking. And... Light bulb
1: goes off, and
0: exactly people, yeah. but it's, it's sometimes it's stuff that uh, they have mm-hmm. kind of rough feeling, right? Because they've seen enough of the data stream going, but they never like put it together in their mind and then like uh, generate an insight out of it. But then you just being able to 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 take that information that is being collected, slap it into a PowerPoint, and then focusing the discussion it lead after that to like big change that you can do that can have massive impact
1: absolutely and
0: no stats here no not even any uh, ai uh but this is like a, a massive massive uh, starting point um
1: Definitely.
0: so i wanted to ask you from, from your point of view um mm-hmm. what major shift in the industry uh, like a, especially in, in manufacturing mm-hmm. and procurement um have you seen with respect to uh, data management
1: There's a lot of different things that we could draw on. I think there's a overall a higher level of interest than there's been in the past. I'd say the same thing with supply chain as a whole. All of a sudden we've become this very sexy thing when before it was quite niche. (laughs) Um, You know, when I I came in for my program and noted, take it with a grain of salt because I was uh, an odd entrant. There was like a, the first year they were offering like a February intake. But when Mm. I came in, your first year is general or your first level is general. And I was the only one from supply chain all by myself. (laughs) But I would say you you had
0: great conviction (laughs) that this will lead somewhere.
1: (laughs) It's a lot more intrigue in general. And then with that added emphasis on it, with people starting to pay attention, the numbers come alongside having good data, having things that are driven I think you can't get away with it being by God or because I know this person or I know this supplier and I've worked with them and da-da-da-da. Relationship management's absolutely super important, but you've got to have something to back it up too. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's definitely uh, um, the same sentiment that I've got from like both sides. Like I've talked to a smaller supplier that we're working with, bigger uh, player. And uh, one phrase that someone told me that, that was like... Uh, like uh, the the thing that you see going into the data, the data, and then you see the feeling of someone that mm-hmm. feel this lack of connection in data and and and, and data management. He said that uh, some of the company they are um, amnesic after some point. They kind of forget mm-hmm. about them, even if they they are a great supplier <laughs> for like ten years. And what happened is that the person uh, that was um, uh, duct taping the connection with them. And creating value for for their company and, mm-hmm. and and the buyer company is gone, and then the new exactly. person they don't know them right, and they they won't dive into the data to to kind of uh, get up to speed and, and and know them. So you're they just get cut off and then they lose. It's a lose lose situation on this side because mm-hmm. the supplier was was super legit for a specific type of uh, processes. And the buyer benefited from that for like ten years, mm-hmm. um, but then the one guy is gone, and then you don't you, you lose history. a chunk of your of Absolutely. your history and data. So uh, definitely, I think that uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, tying this up all together, um, I have a strong, strong uh, feeling that the procurement professional of mm-hmm. uh, of the future will look like a bit like you. I think in in a sense that. Um, they will be like uh, driven by sup- the supply chain, but understand that that the data uh, that the data part and understanding the data is a core part of mm-hmm. the of the profession. It's not like a, it's not like a, an aside or like a, an add-on that you tack onto your stuff. It's like that's that's what it's all about. It's like Definitely. looking at the information, being able to move with it, and then generate insight. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So um, you've went into a few companies and uh, um, one thing I, I want to, to know a bit about mm-hmm. is uh, what makes an employer like um, ideal for you from like everything you've seen and uh, maybe from the, the expertise of uh, of your mom?
1: Definitely. Uh, I, I'm a little bit of a broken record on it, but while I'm someone who's very willing to invest in learning, I, I want my employer to be the same. Uh It's not necessarily, you know, someone who's going to hold your hand. Uh, There's certainly room for learning as you go. And that's definitely been a theme throughout my career. Um, But looking for an employer that supports those kind of uh, learning initiatives, whether that's through training incentives, through, you know, tuition reimbursement, whatever it is, Um, someone who believes in that kind of journey uh, and a culture that values Good information, data, systems, knowledge—it um, it seems intuitive, but there, there's quite a few places that really that space isn't there, or they're just not at that level yet. Um, and I think it's also really important to have flexibility in in your employer as well as as a procurement professional. It's great if you are someone who's willing to test and explore and experiment, but if that's not supported, it doesn't matter
0: yeah yeah exactly it's Mm -hmm. as if you you're doing it on top of other stuff and then it's not being recognized even though like it's uh it's very useful
1: Um, and not being afraid to dive into initiatives that can open up the space for the future of procurement too um moving like you were saying to having the space to focus on data and analysis and digging into why things happen what makes sense rather than you know the tactical day-to-day operations
0: yeah and uh uh I think what's going to happen is that um, the curriculum will not catch up to the mm-hmm. need fast enough. Mm-hmm. And I think it's up to literally the industry to upskill uh, their folk, especially since like recruiting someone in supply chain right now oh is not easy. <laughs> it's very, very hard. So you Absolutely. have like people that, um, that are in high demand um and that uh will have a high workload if like mm-hmm. not uh, managed properly um so same thing i think like uh it needs to be driven from the top and then that this is made a priority like we're we're gonna hire people and then we're gonna direct resource at them so that they can enhance themselves there's Definitely. a like um it's a um it's crazy what you, what you can do when you you have a vast amount of uh uh, of uh, of historical data and you know what to do with it as soon as you have that mm-hmm. going um you're able technically to do the work of like multiple people that are doing stuff a bit more manually
1: absolutely um, but you
0: have to have that mindset and it's about augmenting these people more than uh, mm-hmm. um trying to hire an army of uh, of interns to do the job
1: <laughs> i guess within that too there's A cultural emphasis on having good quality data as well yeah yeah, yeah. it's really hard you can have lots of information but if it's not being maintained and there's not an emphasis on making sure that uh, what we need is currently in place yeah hey i can't make the data exist
0: yeah Uh, and in supply chain in particular it's it's very very difficult Mm -hmm. because like uh, in other um because i've studied that the the in detail, as, and uh, uh, the the main issue is that it's sitting uh, right at the edge, uh, usually the procurement mm-hmm. uh, function of your system, and like the supplier system, mm-hmm. um, and the supplier system are not connected to your stuff, and no way it's hard for the ERP to be able to synchronize all of that. Um, So, being able to understand this first, just to realize that this is a fact and that you have a lot of unstructured data and that you have to have a good strategy in place in order to be able to uh, get this information, get that, get what, it, not everything, for, of course, but like get the information that is strategic mm-hmm. and ensure that it's correctly categorized and, and compiled historically. Um, that's one of the most important and the, I think in supply chain general, this this will be a competitive advantage. The company that do realize that and the others that are not mature enough to realize that because yeah, so. if you're not uh, fixing this uh, and collecting this information between you and your supplier properly um, it's very hard it's very difficult because if everything comes unstructured trying to make like mm-hmm. that structured afterward after the fact what? is harder <laughs> it's very it's harder than if you you can put something in place in order to collect information mm-hmm. and it need to be a conscious effort you're not going to collect collect everything at first look at like where in your current data that you that you have in your system where the 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 leverage is and then start to put in place practices so that you can actually get this information and ask yourself afterward like okay do I have enough? Can we draw a conclusion what's missing and then you iterate Definitely. like this um, cool uh, I love this and uh, so from your, your point of view now, mm-hmm. with all of this information, what do you think is next for the, the procurement uh, profession?
1: Oh, it's going to be fun. We'll, we'll put it that way. I think you hit the nail on the head. Honestly, I, I want to see more and more of this marriage between data and procurement, uh, especially as, as tools evolve. Um, again, going back to the AI space, what's it good at? Repetitive tasks. So you're going to see those repetitive tasks in the process go away. Uh, As more and more people invest in it, as it becomes more affordable, uh, and automation in general is already starting to do that. We're already seeing it. Um, As data starts to be more involved, I think you're going to get more awareness, more consciousness, and more companies are going to see the value in building in the data process into how they're approaching taking information in and how they're exchanging information. Um, And you'll see a shift, just like you were talking about, more focus on building in checks and balances, having clean data before, rather than reacting. And you're gonna see a real split and divide between who decided to and who did not. Uh, And there'll be a definite point where it'll be visible uh, on who's made those investments and who hasn't. Uh, Yeah, yeah.
0: Definitely, I 100% agree here. And the AI thing, I think is, uh, you you very well put it. Um, It's about automation of like repetitive tasks. Mm -hmm. And um, some people Don't be are scared.
1: Uh, it's not going to replace us. It's <laughs>
0: exactly. <just> a friend. <laughs> some people are a bit confused, especially mm-hmm. because, like, uh, the generative uh, AI uh, uh, craze that uh, uh, cranked up mm-hmm. kind of confused a bit everybody. And they were like, can do contract for me? And then, oh, but like, they will respond to my Panics. supplies for me. <laughs> like, it could, but mm-hmm. uh, by definition and, and default, how these large language models are set up is that they are creative things. So they will have errors uh, embedded in it, right? Like creativity is about mm-hmm. having errors in the correct ways of doing the, the thing. And the fact that there's not necessarily one uh, way of doing something that is 100% always correct. There's mm-hmm. like a uh, some, some uh, ground for uh, creativity or error. Um, but the problem is in most of the tasks, um it's about doing the right stuff Mm -hmm. uh repetitively so if the thing that you're putting in place and just like cranking up to everything um is being a bit too creative let's say in your contract and all this stuff uh you're gonna have a hard time so it's not about replacing all the humans from the loop it's augmenting them Mm -hmm. and then having them check up the the stuff Um, and having the um i think the technical maturity to understand that is super important because if you don't have this technical uh, maturity and you focus your attention purely on, on generative AI stuff and trying to automate my whole supply chain and all this stuff, you're missing on mm-hmm. the where ninety-five percent of the, the value is, which is just look at your data.
1: Yeah. Um, well, and that's exactly it. You can have all of the fancy systems you want, but if we're not starting from the right focus.
0: Yeah, good luck. it's like I get it. Yeah. <laughs> So that being said, um, what do you think uh, most manufacturers should do to be better in uh, their procurement operations?
1: I think start investing in uh, some data literacy for your team. Uh, That can look like a lot of different things. And the great thing is there's so many resources out there that are free or really low cost. Uh, there's a really great community of people who are genuinely passionate about this space and super open and willing to share their knowledge. Um, so you can have a lot of flexibility in what that can look like for your team. I, I'd say start to get curious about it. As leaders especially, start to explore what that could look like for your team. Uh, it doesn't have to be a complete overhaul. Uh, it's just starting to, to build the blocks in. Start to get curious. and start from the beginning, start asking questions, start cleaning up your data, start making sure that your inputs are there and ready and something that can build valuable information. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, You can't flip a switch and suddenly have all the information you want. It's going to take time. So start by putting the good information in place and building the stores of information you've got. So when you're ready to really invest in, say, those technical tools or systems, you've got your information there. Ready to go.
0: That was, that was beautiful. That, that was <laughs> super awesome. Cool. like, uh, as someone with a strong data science background, uh, I can, I, 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 I can see exactly when someone actually mm-hmm. get it or like if they superficially get it. And uh, I can guarantee everybody, uh, Brittany does uh, get it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it was, it was fantastic. Thank you uh, very oh, much yeah. for, for this. It was inspiring. Um, it was, uh, it was insightful. And uh, people, if you want to kind of get the taste of uh, the future of procurement and uh, get some help, getting some guidance, I think uh, uh, pinging uh, Brittany uh, Wilson on uh, LinkedIn will be a good use every time. So that being said, thank you very much uh, for being here. This was a data-driven supply chain podcast, and we'll see uh, you all in uh, another episode.